Kyle Sondland and Herbert Konings are founding partners for Security Token Group. All opinions expressed by them or guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not represent the views of Security Token Group or its subsidiaries. You should not take any opinion expressed on the show as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow any investment strategy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Welcome back, episode 127. We're here at the Security Token Show. My name is Kyle Sondland. We've got Herwig Konings right here beside me, and we have an amazing show lined up for you today, obviously covering industry news, market updates, and everything going on with Gemini and the Winklevoss twins. But before we get into any of that here in sunny Miami, Florida, I want to talk about Brock's Equity, the sponsor of our show. Thank you so much to Brock's. And let's talk about Brock's Equity a little bit here, folks. So basically, oil and gas is an industry that's incredibly profitable, but tends to be pretty illiquid. And so Brock's Equity is doing a couple things to help address that. The first one is that they're unlocking the opportunity cost in natural gas that traditionally would be wasted in the harvesting process of oil and allowing Bitcoin miners to use that as cheap and sustainable electricity for their mining projects. This comes in the wake of the fact that Bitcoin mining has been met with a lot of criticism for how it's negative for the environment. But in this case, this is wasted energy already that just would be burned off into the environment. We can now use it for Bitcoin mining. So very interesting, but they don't stop there. Brox is actually launching a platform to be able to allow oil and gas companies to unlock fundraising potentials for these opportunities through their own Brox security token offering. So if you want to check out that security token, which has oil, it's got electricity, it's got Bitcoin, all kinds of things, exposure to it. You can go to broxequity.com to learn more. Wow, yeah, so that's pretty darn cool. Uh, That can support any initiative that reduces, of course, the emissions brought around by Bitcoin mining. So very cool. Check out Brox Equity. Always thankful for our sponsors making this show possible. And with that, let's dive right in, starting off with our top five. And now for the top five industry news that you need to know right now, kicking off number one, Binance is leading a partnership with Magnus Opus, which is a SPAC, a $400 million SPAC, $200 million of it from Binance, to acquire Forbes Media. Forbes Media is a well-known brand. Everybody knows it. Everybody reads it. And now they're getting a huge acquisition through a SPAC backed by Binance, Kyle. That is pretty crazy. That is them getting into the media game. Uh, In fact, both sides acknowledged the new digital transformation that's happening around the world, but they didn't necessarily forespell exactly what this meant. Are we going to see more crypto coverage? Are we going to see potentially an integration of some kind of tokens or NFTs and other things? Who knows how Binance is going to leverage this? But one thing is for sure, they are adding a few members to Forbes' board, and they're definitely going to have a heavy stake in the new business there. They also have Queen Market Cap, right? They acquired in 2019 or 2020. So they are covering a lot of the media space and certainly crypto continues to take over legacy platforms. Number two, we have MUFG, the fifth largest investment bank in the world, is launching a stablecoin and a stablecoin platform. So, and they made headlines for the fact that they were launching what they're calling the Progmat stablecoin, P-R-O-G-M-A-T stablecoin, but 
The goal here is to have immediate and instant settlement for security tokens and tokenized securities, as well as NFTs and crypto. They're expanding from their original mission of just providing support for securities. But bigger than that, they're actually launching this Pragmat platform, which will essentially allow banks to create a liquidity pool and then get stable coins in return. So kind of exactly how you expect to launch a stable coin where you lock up dollars and then you get kind of the crypto dollar that then you can start using. They're gonna create this platform for other banks to do the same fascinating stuff. It will be interchangeable between all other stable coins as well as central bank digital currencies. A fantastic initiative coming out of Japan from MUFG. We all know stable coins are a huge part of the security token ecosystem. And MUFG started a security token research consortium back a few years ago with over 60 investment bank members now. So there's a lot of participants that are gonna make this thing pretty big. Moving into number three, we've got Russia announcing big news and now kind of flip-flopping on how they've been having their stance on crypto. Now they're actually gonna go ahead and create legislation to allow for cryptocurrency to become a form of currency within the country. That's a huge, huge deal. Bitcoin and other cryptos being recognized as currency. There are, of course, some caveats. The big one being that all cryptocurrency transactions within the country now need to be bank-linked, identity-linked, and certain transactions over roughly $8,000 worth of rubles uh, need to be declared. So that's a pretty big deal. You can't be going off making DeFi programs and applications, all kinds of things, where you're doing cryptocurrency transactions without actually being plugged into the financial ecosystem in Russia. But course, major news because what they pretty much acknowledged was that stopping cryptocurrency is impossible. So you might as well adopt it to try and remove the illegal activity as well as reduce the potential financial stress on the economy. So very interesting move by Russia there. Yeah, as Harwick said, they tried to ban it. They tried to ban mining and some other transactions last month. We covered it here on the show. And very quickly, they changed their stance as they realized this is inevitable. Number four, we covered it last week as my company of the week, but I want to give another shout out to T-Zero for listing Curzio Research. Now under the ticker C-U-R-Z, you can find Curzio is now trading. Frank Curzio obviously built a fantastic financial research and media business with multiple newsletters and media sources that they're driving attention to the public markets, as well as he's been an early innovator and adopter of security tokens. So they are now trading. It's another token listed on T-Zero as they continue strong momentum with more on the way. Very, very big deal. I mean, actually, they were the 10th token to be issued by Securitize. Now, I believe the fifth token to be listed on T0. And actually, they were the fifth advisory client that we also had under Security Token Advisors, our sister arm that does consulting. So congratulations to Curzio and team. And now moving on to number five, the SEC has made a pretty big announcement that they are adopting and proposing some new rule changes that would actually change mm. the settlement time by one day from T plus two to T plus one on Wall Street in the public markets. That's, of course, a massive deal. They cite that there's lots of market participant support for this. Uh, this was caused you know, significantly by the events that happened around GameStop and what they acknowledge as meme stock trading uh, <laughs> legitimately. The SEC is acknowledging this. And therefore, they recognize the benefits of increased settlement. In fact, in their proposal, they even acknowledge the fact that T0 is possible, that there are benefits there, that distributed ledger technology specifically has a potential impact in that. And they acknowledge the recent BSTX, that's the Boston Security Token Exchange initiative that 
that was approved all as a part of this. So it looks like the SEC is ready to modernize, and gosh, I'm excited for that. Yeah, the, the other thing here is that it was, it was the proposal was published by Commissioner Crenshaw. So we know Hester Pierce, crypto mom, and all of the amazing things that she's done to drive the conversation forward inside of the SEC. And it seems like Crenshaw is trying to do the same. So now let's move into the rest of the industry news with John Pittman. Thanks for the introduction, fellas. Welcome back to my side of the blockchain, my fellow tokenizers. And as always, I have some great industry news for you guys. So let's go ahead and dive right in. There's big news it's coming out of our sister company, Security Token Advisors, who just released their very first newsletter. The newsletter will be dropping on the first Tuesday of every month going forward. And with that said, the newsletter, we're going to call it The Recap. We call it that because SDA will be relaying important insights that we think to be extremely relevant to potential as well as current tokenizers. Some of the contents will include security token institutional and tokenized real estate news, as well as some spotlight coverage on some of SCA's clients, tech vendors, and in-house advisors. The team at SCA were working day in, day out in the industry and felt a newsletter of this kind would only help provide value in an industry that has such a heavy involvement in. So make sure you visit us at securitytokenadvisors.com to place yourself on the email list so you don't miss the next drop. Some more drops coming from the team here at Security Token Market is a new media property called OpenTab, and it's hosted by myself. So OpenTab is an interview series where I get a chance to talk to local Miami entrepreneurs as well as global tech innovators about some of the amazing projects they've completed or in the process of launching. And I do this from behind the bar of one of Miami's hottest downtown locations. So I have an extensive background in bartending and mixology, so the combining of the two aspects just kind of just felt right. The very first guest I had the opportunity to interview is actually a current client of Security Token Advisors and is also the founder and director of Prism Warfare, which is based right here in Miami. So during the interview, I guess Mikhail, she goes into detail on how she successfully integrated NFT technology to preserve the resale rights for almost 40 of her artists. So what this did is essentially set her artists up to receive royalties on future secondary sales of their work. She's actually one of the first to execute this model, so this is definitely an interview you should check out. Just visit the Security Token Market YouTube channel, type in open tab, it'll pop right up. The series is expected to drop bi-weekly on Wednesdays, so next week, be ready for our next guest as well as a delicious cocktail recipe. So, in the wake of SEC Chairman Gary Gensler's comments that nearly all cryptocurrencies are securities, we have CFTC Chair Benham in the opposite corner saying that a congressionally mandated dividing line is what we really need. So far, the SEC has only agreed that Bitcoin is not a security, and the CFTC has declared that the same thing applies to Ethereum. However, from conjecture aside, CFTC Chair Benham does admit that his agency does not have the depth of talent or industry expertise to handle the job of this magnitude at present, which is why he asked for an additional $100 million to build a regulatory machine suitable for the job. So, seems the CFTC is ready to get the ball rolling and helping to modernize the financial system here in the state. You know who else is getting the ball rolling in the blockchain space? It's the Department of Justice, who just announced the seizure of over 94,000 Bitcoins directly linked to the 2016 hack of the crypto exchange Bitfinex. It translates to over $3.6 billion worth of Bitcoin, which makes this officially the largest financial seizure to date by the department. In conjunction with the Bitcoin seizure, law enforcement were able to arrest two suspects in Manhattan and charge them with laundering the stolen crypto, as well as conspiring to, to defraud the United States. In the 2016 Bitfinex Act, stolen Bitcoins were transferred in more than 2,000 transactions to a crypto wallet controlled by one of the suspects. They've been watching because over the last five years, approximately 25,000 stolen Bitcoins were transferred out of the suspect's wallet via a complicated money laundering process. The remainder of the stolen funds, approximately 94,636 Bitcoins, actually remained in the wallet. 
The special agents were able to lawfully seize the Bitcoin by acquiring the private keys to access the digital wallet after the execution of a court-authorized search warrant for one of the online accounts controlled by the suspects. You can't expect the hammer to come down as the suspects are facing up to 25 years in prison. Apparently, there's another way crypto gangs are sneaking their way into Washington, D.C. Crypto advocates in the U.S. have been doubling their efforts when it comes to lobbying expenditures. Totals from $2.3 million in 2020 to $4.9 million in 2021. Just to give you a comparison, in 2017, the total amount spent on crypto lobbying was just as low as $200,000. Ironically enough, it seems Ripple Labs is possibly the most influential crypto cards company in the U.S. when it comes to affecting governmental policy and regulation. Apparently, the total lobbying expenses are closing in on $2 million. Other big industry lobbyists include stock trading at Robinhood, Blockchain Association, Coinbase, and BlockDog1. Seems that this spending may be in response to the crypto market attracting more attention from the U.S. regulators, such as the SEC and the CFTC. I guess that goes along with saying that you have to pay to play. You know what else you need to pay to play? Getting in on the security token offering game. Megan's got you covered up next with the hottest SEOs hitting the market right now. So that's it for me. I'll catch you guys next week on the other side of the blockchain. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to STO Updates. Yeah, I have sunglasses on, and you want to know why? Because the security token space future is too bright. Okay, let's get into it. With the first breaking news, El Salvador is planning its first Bitcoin bond issuance between March 15th and March 20th. This announcement comes with excitement as the country's finance minister, Alejandro Zelaya, expects the offering to actually be oversubscribed by about 500 million. It's been stated that more people will have access to this new type of bond than a traditional one as the minimum purchase is $100 and it does not require going through a traditional stockbroker. The bond will be issued on Blockstream's Liquid Network sidechain. It's been stated that this will comply with all of the regulations of the financial markets, such as know your customer and due diligence practices. So, Next up, we have Sillercoin, a new cryptocurrency issued to finance the construction of the Afril Express high-speed rail, with the goal of connecting the entire African continent. Afrailways is financing the construction of the Afrail Express train infrastructure through the issuance and sale of the Sillercoin security token offering, otherwise called the CILSTO. This cryptocurrency is forked on Ethereum and backed by 70% of Afril Express Limited Class A common shares. Sillercoin is designed to serve as the exclusive central currency for the Afril Express ticketing, meaning for passengers to ride the Afril Expressway, passengers will need to buy their Afril Express tickets using Sillercoin, which is softly fixed against the US state dollar at 20 cents for one CIL. The Siller STO presale is launching in May of 2022 with a total circulation of 900 billion tokens for the presale starting at one cent. This will be the re required amount of cash to raise funds for the first round of construction. The high-speed train will make travel and freight between cities and countries in Africa faster, safer, and more affordable, serving more than 600 million paying passengers and delivering more than 500 million packages through its express courier service every week when fully commissioned. This is said to create the largest advanced industrial ecosystem development in Africa and create more than 50 million new job opportunities as well. So this year we're seeing new projects, new industries, and we love to see the new use cases and support. 
This year is starting off strong. I hope you're sitting down though, because next I'm sending you over to Samuel J. Sachs for the most exhilarating market update you could ask for. See you next week. Hello and happy Monday. Welcome to the market update. The taper tantrum that has been controlling price action in traditional markets has not affected the secure token market much so far as it's held stable in the $3.7 billion range. While volume has remained spread amongst various names, we saw an uptick in one particular company, and not for no reason. After partnering with Securitize in 2019, Curzio Research leveraged both Reg S and Reg D to raise over $4 million entirely from its customer base. After a 12-month lockup for CEO token holders, the required process under Rule 144 of the Securities Exchange Act, Curzio began trading on the Seychelles-based Merge Exchange. Things were not always smooth sailing, though. The investment newsletter company lacked the, inv- lacked the investor base from Merge to provide the desperately needed liquidity for their trading CEO token. Spreads were super wide. Orders were really hard to get filled. Frankly, it was a mess. But that's when Frank Curzio, the brains behind Curzio Research, made a strategic move. Team up with T0, a leader in the industry, and give life to his beloved security token. And as of last Monday, his plan came to fruition. And so far, what a great idea it's been. On its first day of trading, the token pumped, get this, 50%. And no, not a little volume. Over 50,000 US dollars worth of tokens were traded. And while we don't know the free float of the Curzio token, we can only assume that much of the supply is not being moved as Curzio fans hold for the long term, meaning it had a very high turnover rate. While the price is stabilized, there was a window of opportunity where investors could have turned a very, very handsome profit speculating on the price action once the coin went live on the new exchange. And these are opportunities seen in the security token market all the time. It's going to be very interesting to see how the token trades in the future, but one can only imagine that the increased exposure will be a net positive for the company. There's a lot of other massive events going down, and I can't wait to cover it all, but for now, that's all. Have an amazing rest of your week. Wakey, wakey. Welcome to Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Vancall. Real estate is hot, the metaverse is trending, and now combined, two Spanish companies have merged forces to set up a virtual real estate office in the metaverse. Metro Vaqueza and Daracasas are selling real-world property, but you have to go to the metaverse to view it. Speaking of hot, BlackRock, who manages over $9.5 trillion in assets, says 2022 would be a game-changer for the hashtag metaverse. And I believe them. With Gucci buying land in the Ethereum-based game, The Sandbox, to create metaverse experiences. The luxury brand will also sell virtual items for players to wear in the game. And they aren't the only ones. McDonald's and Panera Bread filed trademarks for virtual restaurants in the metaverse. And last but not least, Snoop Dogg acquired Death Row Records brand, The Label, where he made his debut and is now launching new album back on Death Row. And in partnership with Gala Games, Snoop's NFT LP version offers three exclusive bonus tracks. That was Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Van Gogh. Following up Eve's awesome metaverse segment, it's time for her and I to break into our companies of the week. This is a 
prestigious award where we picked two companies that caught our eye for doing something really groundbreaking in the space that we wanted to highlight specifically for the amazing progress that's going on. So Herwig, for episode 127, regale us, please, with your company. Well, I gotta give it to one of the big names of Wall Street this week, Kyle. I'm talking about none other than $10 trillion asset manager, BlackRock. Okay, and they made a big announcement, folks, that they are getting into cryptocurrency trading. Specifically, they're gonna be offering their clients uh, open lines of credit based on pledging their uh, crypto as collateral. This is fantastic that now if you happen to have a cryptocurrency portfolio, you can go ahead and get a loan from BlackRock against that. Uh, and furthermore, they have the Aladdin platform, and that's just not a fun, cool name for trading uh, securities, Kyle. That stands for the Asset Liability Debt and Derivative Investment Network, wow. the Aladdin. And that's <laughs> gonna be enabling cryptocurrency trading, and this is a big deal, why? Because we're talking about big institutional clients. You don't get to $10 trillion just from a you know, few small bank accounts from everybody. You're talking about pension funds, endowments, sovereign wealth funds, and many more institutional financial funds on Wall Street that will now be able to use Aladdin to get into crypto trading. And I think that's a really big deal because they are now in learning more about crypto, the benefits, what is this asset class? More importantly, what is this technology, the benefits of instant trading and all these new capabilities behind, of course, cryptocurrency. So I think this is phenomenal news and that's why Kyle BlackRock is my company of the week. That's fascinating and we keep going back to the reality that when you look at Bitcoin, there's only so many that are in existence and a lot of these top cryptos I mean, there's only so much to go around. With more and more institutional adoption, it's becoming increasingly difficult to be bearish on this industry, even as the price potentially moves, because the supply is fixed. That's kind of a fascinating thing to watch as we move forward. 100%. Moving into my company, we tell me, Kyle. So we've talked about this before. I love the idea of collateralizing real-world assets. I've given my company the week before to companies that have explored doing this with NFTs, for example, which are incredibly illiquid, and I think that many holders can can recognize that and have seen that for yourself. And so collateralization is something that allows you to take an asset you own and not actually have to sell it, but be able to get some level of exposure back in cash to be able to do things while not actually needing to sell your asset. Just right? like with the collateral by BlackRock. Exactly right. So this time, we're looking at Robin Land. Robin Land is doing real estate debt collateralization on-chain by creating virtual tokens. So they're working with both sides of the equation here. You've got the lenders, which are the people that are obviously giving the cash, and why would they want to work with collateralized real estate? Well, first off, it's high-quality collateral, right? As opposed to with crypto collateral or different things like that where it's really volatile and there's potential risk of default. Real estate, you're going to have much less of that risk because it's a real hard asset that holds its value over time you know, more reliably than what you'd see from crypto. Definitely. Also with lenders, you've got tokenized assets and the convenience around that process of it's smooth, it's fast, it's easy. You can get that loan or, or get your, your capital very quickly. And smart contracts can execute on a default or with fractionalized assets, especially with real estate. Having to do the whole property makes it much more difficult than doing a fractionalized piece of it. Now you can get easier liquidity on it versus real estate developers. Why would they want this? I mean, 
pretty clear, right? Lower cost of capital than in a traditional real estate lending platform, better rates because it's a competitive market where anybody can participate, faster execution by leveraging blockchain technology, and consistent financing across these different platforms. So because of that, Robinland is doing some amazing things. They're taking on the traditional space, bringing in some DeFi components, and for that reason, they are my company of the week. Well put, Kyle. Well put. Great explanation. Absolutely understand why it's your choice. I mean, first of all, Robinland, Congratulations. That is one of those great applications that we love because it's taking blockchain technology and bringing it to the real world and saying, how is this benefiting, in this case, real estate, real estate loans, and such. So very cool choice, Kyle. Now with that, I think let's get into our main topic. So moving into the main topic for Security Token Show, episode 127, Herwig. What are the Winklevoss twins up to? Well, I'm glad you asked, Kyle. <laughs> they had some pretty big news. Now, for those of you who don't know the Winklevoss twins, you should. They were a big part of the whole Facebook saga and the initial inception of now a trillion-dollar company. That's a pretty big deal. Wow. And after that whole debacle, let's call it, they pivoted away, and they found a little thing called cryptocurrency, specifically Bitcoin. Now, today, the Winklevoss twins happen to own roughly 1% of the entire circulating supply, supposedly. This is a rumor. It cannot be validated as such, but that's a pretty large chunk of Bitcoin. They're well-known for being the first Bitcoin billionaires, uh, and therefore they are you know, pretty savvy and, and savants, if you will, for recognizing the future of blockchain and its applications so early on. And with this opportunity, they recognized they built an exchange. It's called Gemini. It does a lot of cool things. And Gemini had some recent big news. If you haven't been watching the show, they recently were awarded by FINRA a license to have a broker dealer for digital asset securities with an ATS license. That's an alternative trading system license, aka they're going to be another marketplace for security tokens, maybe. Right, Kyle? Yeah, so let's talk about Gemini a little bit. As you mentioned, they're a crypto exchange. They provide liquidity and they provide opportunities to buy with dollars into the cryptocurrency space, similar to FTX or Coinbase, if you're familiar with those. But let's talk about maybe some metrics to put it into perspective. They do about $151 million in crypto trading volume every 24 hours. In relation to FTX and Coinbase, it is still a smaller market share. FTX has about $2.7 billion to Coinbase's $4.2 billion. Market cap-wise, for their stable coin, the Gemini to U.S. dollar pair, they actually, in the same way we talked about earlier in the top five, they take money, real dollars, put that in a bank account, and then get a digital dollar or a stable coin out that then they can allow anyone to use inside of the ecosystem. That market cap is about $246 million, which is the 12th largest stable coin worldwide. And they have about $10 billion in assets under management, which again, in comparison to Coinbase, which is about $223 billion, it's still small, but they're a very successful platform. And they're a little bit leaner because they've notoriously taken on a little bit less VC cash than maybe something like a Coinbase has because it was funded by the, the Winklevoss guys. And so let's talk about a little bit. They've been licensed before, right? They have money transmitter licenses. They, they've got the bit license in New York. Many of those different things that allow them to operate as a cryptocurrency exchange. But this is a pretty big deal getting into the Gemini Galactic markets because they are specifically bracing themselves to be able to trade what they call digital asset securities. We call them security tokens. It's all kind of the same thing because they're really the most important thing here is the term securities, which means that there's a lot more that goes into how these things trade. You can't just 
create a security and sell it to anybody and then trade it to anybody. You need to follow the rules that are put forth by not only the U.S., but also internationally, depending on who you're going to be selling something to and where that thing is going to be trading. So this is fascinating as a first step. They call it a first mover advantage. They see themselves as one that's really going to be driving the markets here. And this is similar to something we saw from, from Coinbase earlier. Herb. You want to break down kind of what we saw from them and maybe the similarities and differences? Yeah, exactly. You know, again, as you... Uh, eloquently put out that, you know, Gemini is a cryptocurrency exchange. You go there to trade cryptos. They also provide custody services just like Coinbase. So great, you know, uh, thing to compare to. But we knew way back when, and I'm talking like maybe three years ago now, uh, Coinbase had acquired a broker dealer called Keystone, which had an alternative trading system license. So it was rumored that potentially they were going to get into the security token game, perhaps launch its own division for security tokens. At one point it seemed pretty certain, but now it seems pretty uncertain. <laughs> uh, so what happened here, the difference, is that actually, I gotta say, with Gemini, they're specifically authorized to do digital asset securities. And when it comes to playing around with this terminology, FINRA and the SEC, they don't mess around. Uh, so this is actually a pretty big deal because now it makes Gemini kind of a little bit more with a, a recent licensor, actually perhaps more capable of doing the proper security token uh, you know, activities that perhaps was being uh, the reason why Coinbase never went into it. Right. I think that the other big difference here is that Coinbase acquired Keystone, which again is a broker and an ATS. ATS, alternative trading system. That's what you see INX has, T0 has, and many of the, the successful platforms here in the US have. That's essentially a, a you know, place to trade these things. And so the difference here is that Coinbase acquired Keystone versus Gemini, which actually filed and was approved through their own broker-dealer right. ATS platform. So instead of just buying someone else up, they went through the entire process working with the regulators in order to open their own in-house. And so that also, I think, shows a little bit more dedication to the cause. We saw Coinbase essentially shut down their ATS as they realized they didn't need it. And there was some maybe thinking that they actually, apparently, according to Brian Armstrong, the CEO of Coinbase, they did consider doing a security token offering right. instead of an IPO, but decided to go against that route and ended up nixing the whole operation altogether. Potentially, we see something similar where Gemini is considering their own equity. There have been, hey once in a while, some rumors about IPOs from them. They raised it about a 10, uh, I think it was a $7 billion valuation, okay. excuse me. And so they, they, you know, they certainly are are nearing that market size where they could consider something like that. But following the, let's call it less than ideal performance of Coinbase, Robinhood, Bact, and others that have IPO'd on the public markets recently, potentially the interest in crypto on the public markets is cooling. And pioneering something in this way is an interesting opportunity to do something novel and really connect with their core audience. So this is really fascinating to see whether they actually move forward with security tokens or if this is just a compliance move to protect them in case the SEC cracks down on crypto. Exactly right. And that's the big deal. We have no idea whether they're actually going to launch a platform for security tokens or is this really just a maneuver to protect? Because as we know, we have the Ripple case and we've seen a lot of increase in SEC potential activity and regulation. Gary Gensler has been very loud about wanting to regulate this uh, you know, wild west, if you will. And therefore, specifically cryptocurrencies that the Gemini exchange is trading could become securities and therefore they already have a license and could easily transition uh, 
and you know protect themselves, if you will, better than other potential cryptocurrency exchanges out there. So very interesting. What are the Winklevossians up to? Are they going to do their own security token IPO? Are they going to launch security tokens? We don't really know. But this move is for sure and for certain. They do now have a license granted to them by the regulators. So we'll see what happens next. Of course, we're going to keep you updated on this show. Yeah, I think it's really important to just remember as our final closing thoughts here that being a security is not something to be afraid of. We saw back in 2016, 17 during the ICO craze or even now during NFTs and DAOs and all these other fun things. Everyone's trying to avoid the regulators, trying to avoid being in the jurisdiction, whereas potentially leaning in, providing real assets in addition to the underlying value of the utility or the NFT or whatever you're creating is an exciting solution. And we're going to see traditional players like Gemini or Coinbase facilitate that if the market shows demand there. It's nothing to be afraid of. It's something that we can embrace and look forward in the future. Absolutely. It's got me excited. And with that, I think we can close out the show. As always, you can reach out to us on social media. Kyle and I, we love your feedback. We're available on LinkedIn, on Twitter. The show is also brought to you by Security Token Market, stomarket.com. You can get all the latest trading information, all the latest news, and a whole lot more. And of course, we'd love to see you next Monday. Thank you so much. Please like, subscribe, leave a comment, do what you do. We'll talk to you next week. Happy tokenizing.